Hey, it's great to be with you. If you do have a marriage in crisis, I would encourage you to check out Linda's class. I had an opportunity months ago to sit down with her, uh, to hear her heart. She gave me all of her books, and, and what she is telling you is, is true. And I've, I've actually met many couples that have gone through her class and that they have had their marriage reconciled. And so grateful for her and other leaders in our church that want to invest in marriages. Well, so we're starting Northland 2.0. Everybody say Northland 2.0. All right. So this is a vision series because every year, at the beginning of every year, I love to start out with a vision series. And this one is about where we are going. Now, what we are going to be talking about today, though, is recounting the faithfulness of God. Next week, we will look at how we can honor the past without hindering the future. And then after that, we're going to look at our renewed mission statement, and I will unpack our renewed mission statement. Then the last week, we will look at the four C's, and I will tell you the story about the four C's and preach on the four C's. And then on February 19th, everybody say February 19th. We will have a night of worship where we'll go just a little bit deeper into the values that we hold dear here at Northland and then some strategy for 2023. And that will be our Northland 2.0 series. Now, as I was preparing for this particular weekend, we knew that we were going to have some special guests. And you say, well, who are our special guests? Well, they are long time Northlanders to recount God's faithfulness. But I wanted to set up our time with them. Now, as I was thinking about setting up our time with them, I wanted to ask this question to you. How many of you, you love watching commercials? You love watching commercials. Yeah, just a few of you who are weird. (laughs) Because I remember a couple of decades ago when TiVo came out. Anybody remember TiVo? Anybody remember like his little gadget that you bought and you could record your favorite TV program on TiVo and you didn't have to watch the commercials. I thought, oh my Lanta, this is amazing. This, this has to be one of the top inventions of the 21st century. You no longer had to watch commercials. And then since then you have DVR and now you have all of these platforms like Netflix and Paramount Plus and you don't even have to watch commercials anymore. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because at the end of the day, I, I don't need a new car. I mean, that's what commercial, a lot of commercials, new car. Here, can't you picture yourself in a new Mercedes? No, I can't. I really can't. No, uh-uh. Man, this is, a, this is a drug. It will help you. I, I don't even know how to pronounce the drug. Don't need that. No, uh-uh. Here's a low-calorie beer. It's one less calorie than the leading other low-calorie beer. I don't need a low-calorie beer. Maybe you do. I don't. So I, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't, I don't need those commercials. And that's why one of the things that I do love about YouTube TV, when I am forced to watch commercials these days, they even have an option to skip the commercial. That you can look at a beautiful waterfall with the soothing music and experience zen. And you don't even have to watch commercials. But you know when I do have to watch commercials, and I'll be honest with you, here's when I am forced to watch commercials when I'm watching football. Like you don't, you, you don't want a TiVo, or DVR TiVo, that's so 1990s, I don't know. But, but you don't want to 
You don't want to DVR the game because, I mean, the way news spreads today, you'll know who's won. And so, no, you gotta, you got to watch football live. Now, sometimes Joni wants to watch the Food Network live, and I'm like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> uh-uh. Nope. But there has been this commercial that I have come across when I have been forced to watch commercials that this is now my favorite commercial. Would you like to see my favorite commercial? Here it is, right up here. Watch it. Hey, sweetie, I'm not seeing the life jackets. Well, you should. You packed them. No, you packed them. No, you packed them. You said I won't forget to pack the life jackets. I won't forget to pack the life jackets. I'm sorry, I I have to challenge that. Well, you do have one left, so... This What Really Happened replay is brought to you by Progressive. One thing no one would challenge, protecting your home and auto with Progressive. You know, my favorite part was when you said, obviously, I won't forget to bring the life jacket. I love that commercial. Because if we, if we Joni and me, could have a challenge replay in our marriage, that would be amazing. I'd be like, come on, I promise you, I have taken out the trash before. When you say you never take out the trash, I want to be like, I'll challenge that. Because do you remember January 20th, 2005? I did. I promise you, I took out the trash. You never unload the dishwasher. Without a woman, I, I'd like to challenge that. Remember last year? Let's look at it. So I'd love that. And I know that she would love to challenge me sometimes. No, that is not what you said. No, that is not how you sounded. No, that is not how you did not roll your eyes. I mean, I know. But that commercial was all about recounting the past. And when it comes to humans recounting the past, we have some tendencies of how we recount the past. Like if we're recounting something that happened and it was really good, we tend to inject what we really did. You remember when I did that? You remember when I scored that touchdown? You remember when I won the state championship? You remember when I, and it's like I, 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 because when we're recounting the past and something was good, we tend to insert ourselves as the hero of the past. And then there are sometimes when we look at our past and we begin to recount the past, we like to revise the past to kind of make ourselves look better. I mean, he who controls or she who controls history controls their narrative. And a lot of times we like to revise our own narrative where we don't look bad. And then there are times when we recount our past, nostalgia sits in because we look, we, we look at where we are, we look at where we're going, maybe where the culture is, where the culture is going, and then we, we long for the, what, the good old what? Days. So, so nostalgia sits in. And then there are times when we recount our past And we get so hung up in our past blaming others that a root of bitterness and resentment sits in. But what we will look at this morning in Psalm 136 is how King David recounts the past of Israel. And we'll see language that he uses. And so we're going to use Psalm 136 to set up our panel discussion this morning. But I want us to know that Northland's history, Northland's 50 years, if you look back throughout its history, 
and you begin to recount the good, all of the good that has happened in Northland's history, that has been a result of God's faithfulness at work in her life. And if you look back at your own history, and you look back at all of the good things that you have experienced, even the lessons that you have learned, even in your non-pleasant experiences, those have been handed to you by a gracious God who is faithful. And so that's what I want us to focus on. When, when I became the pastor here at Northland last March, I promised to always, always keep Jesus as the center. And I want I want that to happen this morning as we recount God's faithfulness, not man's faithfulness, but God's faithfulness. So here's the main point that I just want you to know. If you're ready for the main point, just say you're ready. Here it is. To tell the story of God's people is to recount the faithfulness of God. You cannot tell the story of God's people collectively, individually, without recounting God's faithfulness. So will you stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word, Psalm 136. Here's what Psalm 136 says. David, King David, is the one who probably more than likely composed this psalm. And here's what he writes. Give thanks to the Lord for he is, his love endures forever. All right, so every time we get to his love endures forever, I want you to say that, okay? So, so you, you with me, right? All right, so give thanks to the God of gods. All right, now, now you'll get the hang up. So every time his love endures forever is, is there, I want you to say it. And I don't want you to get lazy, all right? I, wa- I want it to build up to the, to the end, verse 26. All right, you got it? Got the instructions. All right, let's see if you can follow. All right, verse 3, give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him who alone does great wonders. Who by his understanding made the heavens. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Who made great lights. The sun to govern the day. The moon and stars to govern the night. Let me just pause here just for a second. And here's one of the things that I've heard over the years from some people. And again, when I say over the years, so it's obviously been even before Northland. Well, I just don't like singing those songs that just say the verse over and over and over. Guess what you're saying over and over and over? A verse! All right, anyway, sorry. I digress, I digress. (laughs) All right, verse 10. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel out from among them with a mighty hand and outstretched arm to him who divided the Red Sea asunder and brought Israel through the midst of it. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea to him who led his people through the wilderness to him who struck down great kings and killed mighty kings Shion king of the Amorites and Og king of Bashan and gave their land as an inheritance an inheritance to his servant Israel he remembered our low state and he freed us from our enemies 
He gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. Father, your love does endure forever, and that is what we are anchoring our lives to, your love, your faithfulness, your goodness. Uh, We praise you that your love never fails. It never gives up on us. And that through our past, in our present, and as we pursue the future, your love will sustain. Your love will fuel. Your love will be that very thing that gets us through. Because your love endures forever. And so as we recount your faithfulness, Lord, I pray that every heart, every mind would be attuned to you, your glory, your beauty, your splendor, your majesty, your lordship, because it is you, it is you who has sustained Northland. It is you who has loved Northland in the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows. It is you, and we praise you for it, and it's in God's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right, so a couple things before we bring out our guest. We see David address three things, who God is, what God has done, and then how God's people should respond. Look at number one, who God is. Verse one, two, and three, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Everybody say good. Good. The, The Hebrew word is tov, which means beautiful and pleasant and kind and upright. It means pleasing and joyous and lovely. I want you to think about in your past, anything that has been kind, anything that has been beautiful, anything that has been lovely. It could be a sunrise. It can be a sunset. It could be a Bible study class. It could be a sermon. It could be a music song. It it could be whatever, anything that is kind and lovely. Here's what the Bible is saying is that that thing which you deem is good has been handed to you by a good God. Everything good. God, you are good. You are beautiful. You are pleasant. And give thanks to the God of God. So, so you, you alone are God. There, there, there is no other God before you. Yahweh's it. One God, three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I know you will say, yeah, I know some of you are like, well, can you explain it? No, I can't. It's a mystery. One God, three persons, but, but there's no other God. There's no one else in charge. He, he's it. That's the reason why the psalmist also goes and says, give thanks to the Lord of lords. Everything stops with him. He's boss. He's ruler. He's master. He's Jehovah. There's no one else. He alone is it. He is primary. He is central. He is the anchor. He's everything. And so when we look at our 50 years as Northland, it is God. He is good. He is the God of gods. He's the Lord of lords. And that's what what David is trying to tell his people. This is who God is. But then... He describes from verse 4 through 25 what God has done. To him who alone does great wonders, who by his understanding made the heavens, who spread out the earth upon the waters, who made the, light, who made the great lights, the sun to govern the day, and the moon and stars to govern the night. This God, 
who is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, who is good. He created a good creation. Everything that was made came into being as a result of him. He brought it in to existence. And then in verse 10, you can also say that he brought Israel into existence. Israel would not have been if it weren't for God. Last night, I had the opportunity of meeting Miss Nelson, and it was her husband who formed the group of 11 that, that God had put it on their hearts to plant Northland. And while she's sitting here, I said, it wasn't Lloyd that planted Northland. It wasn't Lloyd and the 11 that brought Northland into existence. It was God that brought Northland into existence. God put it on Lloyd's heart and other people's heart and moved by the Spirit of God, God brought Northland into existence. Don't ever think that you brought anything into existence. Don't you ever think that you've done anything good apart from God. And so God's brought the creation into existence. He has brought Israel into existence. But I I want you to listen to some of these lines. And he struck down the firstborn of Egypt. He brought Israel out from among them with a mighty hand and outstretched arm to him who divided the Red Sea asunder and brought Israel through the midst of it, but swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea to him who led his people through the wilderness to him who struck down great kings and killed mighty kings. So there's a couple of things that I I want you to notice that's not there. Because if you've read the Old Testament and you know anything about these these statements and these accounts, there, there were human beings present. But David doesn't mention any human beings. Because it was never about the human beings leading God's people. It was always about God leading his people. And you see, today, and this is why I want to focus us on Jesus and recount his faithfulness to Northland. Because if I began to just throw out names of the past, and here's the thing I know, I'm building on what people, great Godly men and women have have built before me. I understand that. But if I stood up here this morning and I began to throw out names, there might be some of you here online tempted to say, well, what about who? What about who? What about who? And what you will miss is it's always been about God. Humans are not even mentioned in this account as David is recounting God's faithfulness and his love to his people. And I do sometimes feel like the church has forgotten that. That when you focus on man, you got a cult. But when you focus on Jesus, then you got a church. I don't know how long I'll be here. I pray that it will be for 25, 30. I really do pray that. I mean that with all sincerity. But however how long I'm here, I just want to be a footnote, not the focus. Jesus is the focus. He's, the fo- he, he's always been the focus. And that's what David is trying to tell us. And another thing that you don't see here, you know, another thing that you don't see here 
If you know, again, these stories, if you know the accounts, there's a lot of unfaithfulness going on in between those lines. And I could, I could list leader after leader in Israel's history where they at least had a, a lapse of judgment, where they were faithless or unfaithful. But again, the history of Israel is not about their unfaithfulness. It's about God's faithfulness. You see, I could, I could tell you about the, about the lows and the valleys in Northland's past. But it's not about our lows. It's not about our valleys. It's not about our mountaintops. It's not about our highs. It's always been about God's faithfulness. It's always been. Which leads me to my third point, how God's people should respond. Verse 26, give thanks to the God of heaven. Give thanks to the God of heaven. You see that command too in verse one, two, and three. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. Let me ask you, individually, as you recount your life, and sure, your life is gonna have ups and downs, highs and lows. Your life is going to have lessons that you've learned from maybe mistakes or other people's mistakes. But when you recount your life and you can pick out the good, do you give thanks to God? At the Northland, I don't know if you've been here one month, Five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. We'll have some on the panel. They've been here over 40 years, 47 years. Do you give thanks to the Lord of lords and the God of gods and our king for every good thing he has done in your life through Northland? So let me go ahead and welcome our friends, our special guests this morning. Will you welcome them? They're coming out actually from down here. So So as they make their way, we have a few questions, not too hard, I don't think. Savaris, he, he was at the nine o'clock, so I stumped him maybe once or twice. <laughs> but I'm going to start with you, Sarah. Just introduce yourself uh, to the congregation, uh, who you are, and how long you have been at Northland. Hi, my name is Sarah Andrews, and I have been at Northland for a little over 17 years. And how old are you? 17. 17. All right, there you go. That's <laughs> Um, I'm Kimberly Allen, and I've been at Northland for 18 years. 18. Thanks, Kim. I'm Savarish Allen, and I've been here just as long as Kimberly Allen. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, in Savaris, I have, to, I, I, you know, I have to just kind of poke fun at him because at the 9 o'clock, Kim actually had to tell him how long they had been here. He thought 16, and she threw the red flag, the challenge flag, <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 bro, it's been 18. So anyways, Awesome. Hi, everyone. Maribel Serio. I've been here for 19 years. I'm LaDonna Allman, and I've been here for 43 years. <laughs> I'm Peter Travers, and I've been here 47 years. 40. So we have nicknamed 
Peter and LaDonna, they are our oaks. Everybody say oaks. And you probably, what does that mean? Older age kingdom saints. <laughs> so, no, so Peter, here's, here's the first question that I ha- have for you. What, what are, you've been here the longest. What are ways that you have seen God's faithfulness over four decades of being wow. here? Which ver- <laughs> yeah, which you guys can go sit down and take a break yeah. uh, from there. Golly mercy. So when I, when I came to North and I was a single guy and uh, I, I hung out and they asked me if I wanted to be a part of Northland. And I said, yeah, I do. And they said, you belong to Marv. I said, what does that mean? And they said, well, you live in Winter Park and Marv is the elder who's, in, who's responsible to help you get plugged into church. And so I met Marv, and he asked me everything. I was so impressed with how real they were. Mm -hmm. When you talk about God's faithfulness, you got to be real in relationships. So I'd say something like, well, you know, Marv, I'd like to be married. And this is the kind of people that go, well, Peter, are you the kind of man that Mm -hmm. the kind of woman you're looking for would be looking for? Mm -hmm. Probably not. We can help you with that. Now, is that cool? That's awesome. Oh. And so you became that man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> by the Holy Spirit, by, the, by, by Hebrews 12, I became that man. Amen. Uh, but whether I needed a small group or whatever I needed, they were there for me. Um, they taught me what uh, brotherhood is. You know, I, I, one time I was having a rough time and a brother, John Flath, was ministering to me. And he was reading scriptures to me, like throw the full weight of your anxiety on him because he cares for you and how to get the peace that passes understanding. And I said, I interrupted him. I said, John, this is like salve on an open wound. I really want to thank you. And he interrupted me and said, Peter, you're going to have to share these verses back to me tomorrow. Mm. He taught me what brotherhood is. And I got help, business coaching, Everything I needed there, God was just so faithful. So when I brought my wife down, she arrived in Christian community. Mm. And we received all that because we had, uh, you look down your shirt and it said sheep. Mm. And these people in this uh, believed that a part of their walk with God was to love him by loving his sheep. Mm. And I had the privilege of being part of that. Amen. Thank you so much, Peter, for sharing that. And so... Yeah. So, LaDonna, this, obviously this weekend is about recounting God's faithfulness. Uh, you are the, the, the second longest standing member at Northland. Uh, give us your perspective of how you've seen God's faithfulness at work during your and JT's time. Okay. Yeah, I want to mention my sweet husband, JT. He brought me to Northland once we were engaged. It was so small at that time that um, he knew if he brought me in and we weren't engaged, everybody would have way too many questions. So I knew him all of five months when um, I started coming with him to Northland. And truly, when you look back, uh, there's something wonderful about being in the same place. I realize that's a privilege not everyone has, but we always felt that every time there would be a time when you just kind of think, oh, is this where God wants us? We would pray about it. And we always felt like he said, stay, whether it was high, low, whatever we were going through. So um, we recognized then that 
being a part of Christ Church is not about being a part of just some local entity, that, that he's building so, so much bigger than that. But he does it through us being connected with others. So as I look back, it was during that time that I really sensed God building into me more of his Christ-likeness. Now, I will be the first to tell you, and my husband will be the second, that I am not perfect. (laughs) Um, It's still a process. But it was through those relationships that I learned how to actually live out the faith that Christ calls us to. Um, There was always a commitment to God's Word. Uh, That's one thing that I loved about uh, being with this body of believers is that God's word is true. Yeah. It is the truth. It yeah. is the only truth. And, and it's the same today, and it applies to our lives, our current life, just as it did in, for people in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. It does not change. The way we live it and the way we live it out, we've got to do it through the power of His Spirit. So that's what, through church and being with other believers, I learned what it means to allow the Holy Spirit to be the one to ultimately be my guide, my teacher, because that's Christ that He's put in me. And, um, and then the living it out, that's the rub. You know, if you're going to be around people long enough, you're going to rub shoulders at times and I will truly say that it's where God taught me that forgiveness is the greatest act of his love and that he demonstrated that for me on the cross and therefore through his power, I can demonstrate that to others no matter what the hurt or the offense or whatever perceived wrong there is Um, and that he doesn't he doesn't just leave us, you know, that he will never leave us. I've, I've had people say to me, you know, well, God's silent. I don't hear him. I don't understand that. If you have a Bible, open it. He still speaks through his written word. Amen. Jesus was his living word, and he gives you his spirit. So um, I, I could just go on and on, but I won't. I'll just say that I'm so grateful for all the people God used in my life to um, help me understand him, help me know him. I'm grateful for the teaching I received that lifted God up. There's only one pedestal, and there's only room for one person, and that's Jesus. Amen. Thank you, LaDonna. Thank you. Yeah. Maribel, you have, you have served in many different areas uh, in your time at Northland. What have, what, what have you seen God do through your service, not only in people's life, but actually also in your life? Um, I've served, there's a common thread in a lot of the things that I've been serving in since I stepped foot into this uh, building, um, working in children's ministries for over seven years, uh, singing here at, with the worship team in big church, as we call it over at Kids Church, um, even doing some uh, work in Cuba as missions trip, taking the curriculum that was created here, translated by wonderful people like Dr. Laura and a group of other people and sharing the curriculum out there um, and spreading the good news that way. 
what has it done to me is I've learned to be humble and patient and trust the story. Mm. A lot of times you walk into a place like this and you'll be totally intimidated. This is huge. And I walked into this and the moment that I stepped into the building and connected with a smaller ministry, they became my new network, my new family. And so what I've learned is just really trust the story. And that's really what's been the biggest blessing uh, to me as, as I kind of joined the family here. Awesome. Thanks, Maribel. All right. So Savaris, uh, you uh, been here 18 years. Just clarifying that. <laughs> and in your 18 years, if you could describe God's faithfulness through Northland in one word, what would that one word be and why? <laughs> um, challenge. Mm. And not to say challenge in like a negative way, but yeah. challenge in a good way because, yeah. like you said, back in the day when they would you know, dismiss us, they would say, go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. So for me, that meant once you leave here, once you've received what you're going to receive, it's going to get you through your week. Go out and you be Jesus to the people that you encounter. Now, for me, the challenge was, you know, I'm a little rough around the edge. Yeah. <laughs> so it would be okay, cool, Savaris. When you leave Northland, you're representing Northland once you're out amongst mm -hmm. the people, be it, you know, intentionally, unintentionally. And with me, I tell people what church I go to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... If I've ever told someone, hey, I'm a Northerner, I go to Northerner, and they see or hear me acting kind of, you know, rough around the edges, and it's like, okay, cool, I've been a bad representation of not just Northern, mm. but of God. Mm. And so to be given that command every Sunday, yeah, and, you know, not to, you know, want to live that out and not to want to, you know, obey it, it's, it, it's a challenge for anybody mm. to kind of be, it's hard to be a Christian, as is. It's difficult because people expect you to just be a certain way. They expect you to take whatever and just, you know, turn the other cheek always. But you right. got to sometimes remind people that, you know, there's only one person that really done that and I'm not him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, awesome. um, but yeah, but it was, you know, it, it, the word challenge is the, is the word I would use because, that's you know, great. just like anybody, I'm human. We have our good days, we have our bad days, and it's yeah. the challenges to no matter how good or bad your day is, to still be the light in whatever yeah. room you go into. Yeah, I, lo yeah, I love that, the challenge, because there are times where, well, church is not supposed to be, and again, church is a people, not a place, but when you gather with the church, th there should be some rub, there should be some challenge. And don't give up when it becomes uncomfortable or you feel, oh, the, you know, the pastor or the, you know, the, the teacher or the small group leader, leader stepped on my toes. I'm not going to go back. No, no. Remember training versus trying. Trying, if it gets uncomfortable, you just give up. If you're training, you understand pain is part of the process. And so I love that challenge. And so, so Kim, with, with you uh, being here 18 years, uh, looking back over your 18 years here at Northland, what, what has stood out to you with regards to God's faithfulness? Yeah, for me, it's just um, I started coming to Northland in college. A friend brought me to Northland because I was looking for a church home. Um, so Northland really was the bridge to connect me from my high school youth group to now kind of making my faith my own as I stepped into adulthood in college. Mm. And so I kept attending then, and then I brought Savaris with me when we started dating, and then we got engaged and married, and Northland was there, you know, with marriage prep, and then on our wedding day as Pastor Gus officiated our wedding. So, and now we've welcomed our three boys, and we've, you know, dedicated them to God right here in this yeah. room. 
And we've had our friends that we've met throughout our time here at Northland who were there with us, to stand with us, who agreed with us to help us as we were going to raise them to love God. And so now we've got our three boys and they're growing up and they are growing up here in nursery and children's church and they're learning about Jesus. And so we are just grateful for our Northland family and how they are standing with us to raise boys and men. Yeah. Who love awesome. Jesus. So we're so thankful. Thank you. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. All right. So Sarah, you've been here all your life. So how at 17, when you look back over your your growing years and obviously you're still you're still growing you're still in the process of becoming more like Jesus but how has Northland how has God used Northland to shape the young woman you are today well Northland has you know been a part of my life pretty much my entire life and I would say that the main way that Northland has really like shaped me and provided for me is through like the people that it has brought into my life. Um, I went to co-op here when I was just really little and now I'm in high school. And so just consistently along the way in every season of life, God has just brought new people and they have just encouraged me and really taught me what it looks like to truly just fall in love with Jesus and want to live my life out for him. Okay. Awesome, Sarah. Thank you. And I'm grateful having, having just been here 10 months, see, you know, seeing how you engage the church and even student ministry and, and how God's using even your leadership. It definitely is a testimony to what God has done in your years here at Northland to bring you to the place where you are today. And so I'm grateful for that, excited about where the Lord has you, but where the Lord is also leading you and how he's going to use you. All right, so I'm going to pivot uh, and as this last question. All right, so... You know, as we look forward to the next 50, so we've recounted how God has been faithful in the last 50, community, challenging, being a place where we can, you know, be, be in a place and a people where, where our family is developed. But what, what's one word? Like if you could say, if you could say just one word, like a one word prayer that you would, you would pray that God would do in the next 50 what would it be? Because, and the reason why I'm going to pivot, because we have not done this at any gathering, so you are welcome. You're welcome. You, you, you know. Um, because here's the thing that we know about recounting God's faithfulness. How God has moved in the past, we want him to continue to do that. But this is where I'm going to challenge us with one word, a prayer, a one-word prayer that we're asking God for in the next 50. And so I'm going to start out, all right, even though I'm a Short-term Northlander, 10, 10 months. Woohoo! <laughs> mobilize. So God, will you mobilize your people for your glory? So mobilize is my word. All right, so you ready? Or you want us to come back to you? You ready? Perfect. All right, let's go. Um, I would say the word refine. Um, God, would you refine Northland? Wow. Okay. Deep, deep. Uh, my word would be reign. I just mm. want God to really reign both in our church and among us. Mm. Thanks, Kim. You got me last service with this one, too. Um, question that I can't answer. Uh, strengthen. Mm. Because I say strengthen because, you know, with, with everything going on, our transition, you know, I feel like we may have lost a little strength in certain areas. And I would love to see God to strengthen the church to get it back to the strong powerhouse that... Uh, I know we can be. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Maurice. Yeah, well, yeah. 
I, I would say keep us focused. Mm. Um, I think that um, we have a great leadership in place, and I, I'm excited to see um, how we can continue to move forward, um, aligning ourselves with Scripture, and just stay focused in the mm. future. Amen. Thanks, Maribel. My word is all. Mm. I pray we are all in mm. with whatever Jesus has for us. Amen. That's what I want. Amen. I can't tell a story with this. Yeah, yeah, well, I, oh, absolutely. I I since you got the mic last, Peter, yeah, and you are the oak <laughs> of righteousness, you, you got it. So when, uh, when Northam got this building, my wife and I said, you know, we want to build our family around this kind of love and this kind of fellowship. So we pulled into the parking lot of the rink and we started driving around in circles to see how close we could find a place. We live one mile from here and have for 40 years. Fast forward, we had four children. They come home, they're in diapers, and my wife is praying for their future wife by the, when they're in diapers and that they would receive Christ. So you fast forward to today, and the kind of shepherding, the kind of love, the, de the deliberate love was also in the high school in the children's ministry. Hmm. So they had Christian high schoolers calling them when they were in middle school to see how they were doing and developing in their faith. All four of my boys became Christians hmm. here at Northland. Amen. Three of my four boys are married. They met their, all three of them met their wife here at Northland. Mm, mm. I'm going to choke up. Mm. I have seven grandchildren who are being raised in Christian homes. Mm. And it's that kind of, you know, Jesus said to the disciples, it's your love for one another that will let the world know that I am who I say I am. Mm. You know, our love for each other authenticates who Christ is. That's what I pray for the next 50 years. Amen. 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 Yeah. So thanks so much for sharing that, that story, because even having sat down with you a few months back, I mean, it has been community and love that has, has really driven you and to, to be, to make sure that we are a church that does love. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use, use love as your word, you know, that, uh, but because it is, it's such a, an important element to who we are as the people of God. And so as we close, LaDonna, I'm going to ask you to pray us out uh, or pray the, uh, uh, as we conclude this part of our, our gathering. Will you pray for us? I will. Father God, you are so awesome. You are amazing. You are holy. You are beyond even our best comprehension. And yet you love us enough that you came for us. You, you made the way that we could know you, uh, not only forever, but know you now. As we look at committing our lives to you again today, um, help us remember that we can't go back and redo yesterday. We can't even plan and presume that we will do something tomorrow. You only give us this day. And so, Lord, let us live today for you. Let us love like you. Let us uh, serve you wholeheartedly, just as Jesus did. And we pray, God, that when we all meet you face to face, 
that you will be able to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. Amen. Will you give it up for our panel this morning?